0: Game is over when the final buzzer sounds. The analysis ends when you say it does. This is Overtime Open Line. Interviews, analysis, and your opinion. Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. And now the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.
1: Alright, well not a lot going on for the Edmonton Oilers tonight. Just 21 shots on goal against the Minnesota Wild and the Wild take the game 2-1. They traded power play goals in the first. Boldy for many. Hyman for the Oilers. Goudreau got what turned out to be the game winner with 10-21 left in the second period. That was the most dominant period by the Wild. They also had a goal called back because of a successful offside challenge by the Oilers in that second period, and Edmonton really didn't have much of a push in the third. It finally got dramatic with 51 seconds left. Zuccarello went to the penalty box for tripping Drysital, uh, Zach Hyman. Uh, on the replay, it showed Rob. We didn't realize how close it was at, at full speed. He deflected it, and it was behind Flurry, but it went basically across
2: the goal line and, and missed the far post and went to the corner. It, so, It happened so quickly in real time that we thought I thought the puck went behind the net. It just All of a sudden, the puck was gone. But The re- instant replay, uh, you can't get any closer. And Unfortunately for the Oilers, it was just way too little too late. Uh, had, it, had they not got the power play, I'm not sure they would have got an opportunity because Minnesota Wild had the puck in the offensive zone there for a good 45 seconds Uh, but the Oilers kept it close because of Stuart Skinner and it gave themselves a chance there in the last minute to actually sneak a point out of this game and it would have been robbery because this was a game that the Minnesota Wild were the much better hockey club through 60 minutes
1: yeah and and I mentioned that second period specifically 16-6 were the shots for the Minnesota Wild and that quite frankly might flatter the Oilers
2: and I'm I'm pretty sure, if I remember correctly, in the last shift of that period, the Oilers put the McDavid line out, and I think they had about three shifts in the la- or three shots in the last shift. So up until that last minute, the first 19 minutes was probably about 16 to two were the shots. as Minnesota was that good in the second period.
1: Yeah, and I mean the Oilers. I mentioned the power play in the last minute, basically a uh, half a power play, I suppose, but one for five uh, for on the power play for the Oilers tonight. And know uh, look, uh, looking back on some uh key moments in this game so hyman scored on the power play minnesota challenged for goal interference they were wrong oilers had another power play didn't score and then in the third period they had a power play in the second minute of the third period they uh, did, had yep. a chance to tie it early in the third didn't have much going there
2: no they didn't uh couple big moments, and you mentioned it. They, they score on a power play, and because of the missed challenge, they have a chance to score two goals in a span of a minute and a half or so and go from being down in the game to taking a lead in the hockey game and changing the whole way that Minnesota plays. Uh, they weren't able to capitalize. The one thing that we've seen this year uh, for the most part is when the Oilers needed a goal on their power play. They got a goal in their power play and tonight their power play wasn't able to get them that big momentum changing goal that we've so often seen they did have the two power plays in the third period they weren't able to score on either one of those and probably wasted an excellent goaltending Start by Stuart Skinner by not being able to get a point out of this game. Minnesota plays them hard. Minnesota is a very structured team. They don't give up a lot of chances. And here's the thing too, Reid, when it comes to the Oilers, when you play against the Minnesota Wild and the Minnesota Wild get a lead and get to play their style of game, you don't get many chances but when you do, you've got to capitalize and execute. The Oilers had a two-on-one and a three-on-one in the third period and really didn't get a shot and they had the puck on the right guy's stick I mean, Connor McDavid had the puck, and they weren't able to get anything out of those two. So there's only two mistakes that I can remember in this game that the Minnesota Wild made that were huge. Both happened in the third period, and the Oilers got nothing on either one. All right, let's go back to St. Paul. He is at the mic for Eclipse
1: Restoration. Named one of Western Canada's best restoration contractors three years in a row. Call 780-250-HELP or visit eclipse247.ca. It is Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft.
3: Competitive and uh, today we made a mistake and uh, five on five in the second period that um, ended up costing us. But you know, we 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 stuck with it right to the final whistle, and fortunately, we can find that second goal. Was it the winning goal? two-on-two, that sort of stuff shouldn't probably result in a a Yeah, you don't think so. Um, We just thought we could have been a little bit harder at the line with that, and uh, we weren't. It's a mistake, and it ended up uh, being a mistake that cost us the goal. Um... Uh, you know, we had certainly enough time to get it back. We just couldn't find the equalizer. And you had five power plays. Normally that's enough to score more than mm-hmm. one. Yeah. The first goal,
1: but then did they do something after that? Or
3: No, I think we had numerous looks. Okay. Yeah, okay. We, we generated numerous looks out, out there. Even at the end I think one went right through the wickets there and, you know, uh, it, it didn't go in for us. Um, I thought our guys competed very hard. It was a, you know, it was a tough atmosphere and um, we'll take the lessons that we learned from tonight's game move on to Nashville the two teams combined for 31 less shots than they did on Friday night was that just a case of two teams being familiar with each other now and maybe knowing how to counteract each other's offense yeah it was a little bit of a chess match out there uh, in terms of the tactics and, and whatnot and I just thought both teams competed hard defensively um, you know we uh, we had some chances I thought what ended up costing us there's probably a six seven minute span in the second period where we took a few penalties We turned some pucks over, and that meant more time in zone than than we wanted to have. Uh, In the end, as I said, it it came down to a one five-on-five goal against that we feel we could have handled better. and we certainly had enough time to get the equalizer. We just couldn't find it tonight on a uh, good goaltender and against a good team. Stewart played good again. Yeah. Stewart played well again. Yeah. Stewart gave us a chance to win the, the game. Yeah. yeah. He, you know what? He holds the uh, fort pretty well, and um, you know he's uh, he's inspired confidence in his uh, in his teammates, and uh, you know I, I thought he gave us a good chance to win the game tonight, and I thought their goaltender played well as well. Good Thanks. You,
1: Okay, that is Oilers head coach, Jay Woodcroft, after a 2-1 loss to the Minnesota Wild. And, uh, again, the theme of this game, it, the, the Oilers just didn't really have a lot of offensive chances, Rob. It, t- it, to some extent, it's hard, for me anyway, I'm curious what you think, it's hard to evaluate how they played offensively? Because they, like, <laughs> the second period, how can you say, well, they missed this, like they didn't have the puck. And that was the problem. They just could not get the puck from the Wild. Uh,
2: the, the Wild came in with a game plan uh, when you – your game plan is dictated on you having a lead and playing safe, smart hockey with a lead. You have to score first, and they did. Uh, and when the Oilers tied it, the Wild again got the next goal and forced the Oilers to have to chase. And the Minnesota Wild could sit back and just play smart big hockey and we saw I don't know how many times in this game where they got pucks in deep and they just kept throwing the puck behind the net winning the battle winning the race getting the puck throwing it back not taking any chances and they played that way the entire game until the last three minutes when they tried to create things or force things and gave up a couple odd man breaks yeah you're the, the Oilers weren't able to create offense because a they never had the puck And B, they had just spent an extended period of time in their own zone, so when they got the puck, they were coming to center, they were dumping the puck in and changing. Uh, It was as good a game, I think, as we've seen a team play against the Oilers this year. It it reminded me a lot of the St. Louis game in Edmonton, when St. Louis had that wonderful game. I think they shut the Oilers out that game on home ice. It was one of those where the Oilers really didn't get any chances. In Edmonton the other night, when the Oilers played the Wild, Fleury let in four goals, And he was acrobatic in making a number of big saves. Tonight, I think he went a stretch tonight of 11 minutes almost without a shot on net. So it was a completely different game with the majority of the reason, I believe, is the fact that the Minnesota Wild got the lead and got to play their style. So when the Oilers run into that, Mm -hmm. uh,
1: How do you counteract it? Do you just have to stay patient and then hope you get a good enough
2: chance? Do you have to, like I said, if you don't have the puck, it's hard hard to score. You have to stay patient, but you also have to execute. Uh, when you do get a chance because the Minnesota Wild weren't trading chances Uh, up again up until the last three minutes of the game they always had three men back their defense weren't pitching Uh, if they didn't have a play they'd throw it down down deep and they got a little excited at the end and twice came in and had an extra guy at the net banging away well those are the ones we've seen in the past where if you don't score it's coming back quickly and it did and Connor had a three-on-one and a two-on-one that's where you have to execute because you haven't had any chance. They don't give a whole lot up. So when you get that chance, you got to bury it. And the one I was surprised with, and I said to you right when it happened, they had a three on one with Connor, Leon and Nurse. Connor has the puck. To me, it reminded me of that, 1984 Team Canada one where Gretzky and Lemieux were going. 87. In 87. Who was yeah. it? Was it Murphy that they had with them? Murphy was the back. And, guy, yeah. And you're like, there's zero chance the puck is going to Murphy. Well, this is what I'm like, okay, Darnell Nurse, nice hockey player. But Leon settled best goal scorer in the National Hockey League for the last number of years. The puck's going to Leon. And I was a little surprised on that one, Is I think even Nurse was a little surprised he wasn't able to get the puck off. So the, the Oilers did get their two breaks because of the Wild got a little out of character and the Oilers didn't execute. So uh, here we are, we'd probably be thinking, talking about this differently. If in a game with the Minnesota Wild dominated, if the Oilers score on one of those two odd man rushes and then go into overtime where they're usually successful and we'd be saying what a great patient game they would have they played and came away with two points but they didn't execute on their two chances. And now we're saying this was a game that the Minnesota Wild dominated for 57 minutes.
1: Yeah, 2-1 the Wild win it, so their record goes to 15-11-2. The Oilers are now 16-13. and 13. They're back at it tomorrow against the Minnesota Wild. So a $100 donation tonight to 630 Chet Santa's Anonymous from James H. Brown Injury Lawyers. When accidents happen, go to jameshbrown.com. They're giving 100 bucks for every Oilers goal throughout the season. Okay, we're happy to hear from you tonight, 780 uh, is the hotline powered by CertainTeed, the pro's choice for roofing, siding, drywall, insulation, and ceiling systems. CertainTeed Pro all the way. We can talk about uh, this game, uh, where you see the Oilers going here in the games coming up before Christmas. I'll also throw this out here as a possible topic. I was talking to John Shannon on the Faceoff Show. 30 years for Gary Bettman as the commissioner of the National Hockey League. Uh, thoughts Mm -hmm. pluses minuses how long do you want him to stay at the helm
2: (laughs) I I gotta be honest I, I was never a Gary Bettman fan but I do have to give credit where this game was to where this game is as far as how big it has become globally he's done a pretty good job don't agree with all his decisions but he's done a pretty good job
1: well, Shannon said it on the, on the Face Off show. It, it, it was a mom-and-pop organization. Yep. It was John Ziegler who was... I don't want to necessarily say puppet for a few owners, but... He was uh, easily he influenced was, he was, by yeah, that. Yeah, I think if you look at it quite simply. And Bettman, who came from the nba Mm -hmm. and uh, i mean the nba exploded in the 1980s um you know marketing stars and and, and expanding a little bit and, and going a little more international and i think he came with that attitude towards hockey and where he said to the owners okay here's your bottom line you might think that that's pretty good or good enough what if I can take you here in <laughs> in 10 years? And I'm sure most of the owners were like, oh, that's that's a nice bottom that's line too. That's pretty
2: good. Well, I mean, some of the things that he's done is, I know what I made when I played in the National Hockey League. I know what they're making now. So yeah, it's uh, more than just the inflation rate. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the salaries are pretty good in the NHL now. Uh, and I was never a fan of, and I know that in I, I got to vote in a couple of the... Uh, lockout strikes whatever they were do you want a salary cap and it was like no we're never getting a salary cap well there's a salary cap in place and you do and i know that you guys talked about parity or competitiveness yeah Uh, the nhl it's not like in, in baseball i love baseball but there's about five teams every year that are vying for the the world series because they have all the money In hockey, every year, teams are on equal footing because you can only spend this much and you better spend it wisely because if you spend it poorly, as the Minnesota Wild know right now, they're paying $13 million for two players to play elsewhere. So it has made it so that all teams in the National Hockey League are on the same level playing field and that's good, especially if you live in a place like Edmonton that at one point could not compete because the finances now all teams can compete evenly
1: the the thing is though as the salary cap goes up most of the money goes to the top you know like there's a lot of guys making close I, hey. close to the league minimum or though yeah not such, i know what
2: the league minimum No, is. no yes. I, yeah. I, I, yeah.
1: I agree with you yeah that's yes. still a nice uh, nice salary for a lot of people especially to play pro hockey oh yes it is but as you know if the salary cap goes up by five million dollars i don't think most gms are thinking oh great i can get five more fourth liners they're thinking well that i'm going to put four of that on to, to my big guy <laughs> yeah, and then so, round it out
2: but the fourth liners contracts are going to go up a couple hundred thousand yeah it still
1: helps everybody yeah. I, I agree but yeah they, i mean they, the big dogs get to eat is it, what i'm saying but they get to eat in every profession <laughs> well I for sure yeah, yeah. well look what happens i mean we got the football game here now if the seller cap i mean the Football salary caps way more, but who gets the big contracts? It's generally yeah. the quarterbacks. It's like, oh, well, there's an extra ten million dollars under the cap. Well, I can go pursue. Here's nine million, million to you. Yeah, yes, and you go pursue a free agent quarterback. And all better,
2: players but. understand that in all pro oh, sports. Yeah, no, that's but, life, right? But it is. Uh, I know what the the league min. Well, the league minimum when I played, like guys were signing, they had twenty five thousand. They played for twenty five thousand in the minors. Right. So I know that there's guys making five, six, seven hundred thousand dollars in the minors. So the the money. Is much different than when I played hence why I sit with you have 82 nights a year making the big money that yeah well <laughs> well I do it just out of friendship. you can't put value on our friendship <laughs> well <laughs> I can I invoice it each month
1: <laughs> it is 2-1 the wild beating the Oilers tonight yeah you can check in 780-496-0063 we'll have more post-game reaction as well this is Heartland
0: Ford overtime open line Live, Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Dumble get it out. The Capri's off, in over the line, right across. Zuccarello,
1: robbed by Skinner. The puck into the slot area. That is Stuart Skinner's save of the game for Crystal Glass. Call 310-GLASS or visit crystalglass.ca. So Skinner stops 28 out of 30. He has started the last five games for the Oilers. We expect Jack Campbell to start tomorrow at Nashville. Um, I mean, Skinner goes three and two in those games. So he loses a game where he stops 28 out of 30 and he uh, loses a game. What was Washington 47 out of
2: 50? Uh, he, he, uh, something like that or out yeah, of 49. 47 out of 50. Yeah, yeah. He's, he's been excellent uh, again. And the, the thing that you love about him is He's so well positioned that there's not the desperation lunges or it's not the diving back to make an incredible save. He doesn't have to because he puts himself in the right spot time and time again. And there there are times when uh, goalie's eyes are taken away and he has, he's got size, he seems big in the net, and he puts himself in a position that if the puck, if he can't see the puck, he, he's positioned properly that the puck just hits him. Yeah. And that that's huge. And that, so he, he's got a calmness about him that you talk about all the time. And I know that you talk, I believe it was Tyson Berry talked about the kind of guy he is off the ice and how he's calm on the ice. That that brings the bench up. I mean, there's a trust now amongst the players and the, the goalie. And when they see your goalie, I, I've been there. When the goalie looks calm, I'm calm. And Skinner just gives them quality start after quality start. And it is... I think it's been talked about a little bit, but I'm not sure it's been stressed enough how important he has been when the starting goaltender, the guy that everyone was excited about, has struggled this year. See how this this season could have gone sideways when Jack Campbell has this struggle out of the gate and you're having to rely on a backup. We went through this last year as an Oiler fan where all the injuries to their starter, Mike Smith, and Koskinen had to be overused. And and he played well for a backup, but he had to play starter minutes, and there were struggles. Skinner right now is playing starter minutes, and he's not supposed to be the starter, yet he's given the Oilers quality starts, I think maybe one off game this entire season. That's incredible. So the Oilers are where they are in the standings, on large part because of Connor and Leon. You might even say even equally or more importantly, on the back of Stuart Skinner, their backup goaltender, who's come in and given them 95% quality starts.
1: Well, and and you mentioned... Pucks hitting him, and that's what I've really noticed. And I mean, I know that's a goaltender's job, but (laughs) sometimes, you know, he doesn't see it or you can see it picks up late. He he is a big guy, but a lot of pucks have sort of gone off his shoulder where you can tell maybe he Mm -hmm. didn't pick it up. And yes, like a lot of goalies, he is down. And, you know, somebody tonight tried that sharp angle shot on him and tried to sneak it over the short side shoulder, and they missed. But yeah, he's getting in, in good position, and I don't know. He just seems to be—he just seems to be upright. You know, some goalies mm-hmm. they go down, but yep. it's almost like they don't just go down, but they slouch or they lean forward, and that exposes even more of the top of the net. He goes down, but he still seems to be mostly upright. His most pucks hit his shoulder.
2: Well, it's funny you say that because uh, you and I, as we were watching this game, we also had the the Montreal Calgary game on. And Markstrom, who's an excellent goaltender and a big man, they showed the game-winning shootout goal. Now, Markstrom was outstanding yeah. in the game. But they showed the shootout winning goal that uh, I think it was Kirby Dock scored. He came down, and on that play, he beat him over the glove. Markstrom was slouched forward. Now, again, that's maybe that's how he plays. Well, because when the guy's in tight, they try to almost yeah. put the, the trapper towards the Right puck, on the puck. But right? when the puck gets shot... There's more space when it goes upstairs, and Kirby Doc went upstairs on him. You're right. Stuart Skinner, it's almost like he, he was a, a dancer as a kid, and he's got this perfect posture. So he's always nice and straight and upright, and he's got nice spine and all this. But he does take up a lot of uh, net. And there's very rarely do we see when we get the different angles after a goal where you say, oh, yeah, he made himself small on that one. When he gets beat, he gets beat because the shot's a good shot. Uh the, the quality starts. They, they, the Oilers are getting. I mean, this again, the Oilers get a power play. The, the referees put their whistle away in the third period. A number of times the Minnesota Wild could have gotten, should have got penalties. They didn't. They put their whistle away, but the Edmonton Oilers get a big break with a minute to go when Zuccarella takes down Leon Draisaitl. They've got a six on four. If it was not for Skinner, There is no way that this game should have been that close. The Oilers actually had a six on four to tie up a game and put it into overtime in a game that they should not have been, and it should have been a 4-1 lead at that point. That's how good Stuart Skinner was.
1: All right, 780-496-0063. I'm just seeing a quote here from Dean Evason asked if... um, about the Oilers power play in the final minute. Were we confident? No, we were scared to death. Uh, I, I, I can't watch the video to go along with that because obviously uh, we're on air. Um, good coach. Uh, I know you like him a lot. Yep, uh, big for fan for of Hugh sure. Surprised he challenged the Hyman goal in the first period.
2: Very surprised, but it's one of those... Now, I've never been on a bench as a coach. so I don't know how much he knows, how much he sees, is there someone in his ear saying, "Oh, you got to challenge it. It's interfere. It's an interference." Uh, I, I have a feeling he'll look at it after the game and they're like, "Okay, seriously, who told me to challenge that?" Because as you said, he's scared to death of the other's power play. He just gave them a second one, and on that one. There's 50 50 ones that we've seen, Kate, okay, where you and I are upstairs, like, oh, you know, I could see them maybe overturning. I'm not, I mean, it's close. That one wasn't close. That one was maybe at a 2% chance, and that's only if the, the, the referee sneezed as he was watching the replay. There's zero chance they're going to overturn that. So that's why it's shocking because it's not as though they're, they're allowing the Arizona Coyotes a second power play. This is the Oilers' power play. It's 30% on the season, it's the best one in the NHL. And they were about to give them a chance to go up in a game that um, seconds before that they were losing. And so, yeah, shocked that Dean Evison made that call. And I have a feeling, or. I'm wondering if there's a conversation between him and the video coach after the game.
1: Well, you still would think he. I, I guess yeah. They gotta. You gotta give the video well, coach some. Some coaches trust, right?
2: Yeah, and we've talked, and and you've talked to Jay Woodcroft, and he says yeah. The video coaches talked to him, an ear, and assistant coach, but I have final say. Yes. Now I don't know if all coaches are like that. Uh, some might say, you know what? That's your job. You're the video coach. You tell me. Um. They on the bench. They have a small iPad you and I are watching it on a or big or screen tv or they have
1: those screens in the, in the floor, floor their feet, yeah. not
2: always big sometimes can be stretched yeah. out or whatever it is uh, but if I think that if he had the view that we had in a nice big screen there's no way you're challenging that because it, it yeah well, it I was, didn't
1: see flurry complain either
2: No, I missed that on the, on, no, the, on the feet and that's when when the goalie looks to either the bench or the referee then you know okay there's something we might, might want to look at it i mean no one on the ice complained and if hyman touched him it was like he uh, uh, you're petting your little your cat he's like oh you're just gonna brush the back <laughs> just you know, like because right. i mean he barely touched the pad and the pad didn't move flurry didn't move it was a bad call and minnesota wild very fortunate didn't come back to haunt them
1: yeah that because w- we know we've read the rule of the death over the years like i didn't see anything affecting the the goalie's ability no. to, to make the save unless unless there was something that we totally uh weren't looking at anyway the Oilers had an opportunity to score again on the power play and go up 2-1, but uh, they were not good enough tonight. Pretty solid performance by the Minnesota Wild to get a 2-1 victory. Uh, At the mic for Eclipse Restoration, here is Oilers defenseman Darnell Nurse.
3: kind of your take on the night, a game that was
4: kind of hanging in the balance literally and figuratively right uh, till the end? Yeah, tight checking game, 2-1 game. Um, And, uh, yeah, there's chances both ways. Did you like the way in the third you really Pushed and I guess probably felt with especially the man advantage late that you might be able to get that tying goal. Yeah, we pushed, had some uh, offensive zone time, but uh, wasn't enough. They found a way to to shut down there in the end. Was tight checking
3: game just a case of two teams that were very familiar with each other over the last 12 days or so?
2: Could be that. I think both teams, they, they had an emphasis on, you know, we had an emphasis, they had an emphasis on not giving up much. You really pushed in the third
1: period, and it, right at the end of the game there, you got the power play. It almost looked like you, you squeezed one in there. Did it seem like that? They were scrambling pretty good, and so did in the last minute when you pulled the
4: goalie. Yeah, we have a good, uh, good power play. So, um, you know, there was some, some chances Some that went across the across the goal line there, and um, give, give them credit, they, they
1: checked
5: hard in there. What do you believe the, the team has to do in order to have a better result in Nashville tomorrow with a quick turnaround? I uh, keep playing the way, checking hard, but, uh, you know, try to bear down a little bit more
2: our
4: chances. But uh, for the most part, you you want to keep the chances down uh, defensively and try to generate offensively. Can you be pleased with the defensive effort overall? I
3: only 30 shots given and up, two goals, not a lot of high-quality chances against. Yeah, I think we've been trending
2: uh, in the right way um, over the last uh, little bit, so we got to keep that going.
1: All right, that is Darnell Nurse after the Edmonton Withers lose 2-1 to the Minnesota Wild. You can get us at 780-496-0063. Uh, I believe we got Frank coming up on the phone lines. We'll get in a quick
0: timeout first. It's Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Boilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reid Wilkins. On Oilers Radio, 6.30 chance. up the right wing, bringing it in, Baldy into the Oilers on top of the circle. He
1: gets
5: checked. There's Nurse to clear it for the second time.
1: All right, that's our crunch of the game for Cougar Payne Collision. Our family helping your family for 40 years and counting. Oilers lose 2-1 to the Minnesota Wild tonight. Uh, Really just a pretty... uh, Dry effort from the Edmonton Oilers. I mean, there wasn't a lot of there wasn't a lot of zing to this game. Like I, I said to the, I said you did the third period, Rob. I don't know how much time was left, six or seven minutes. I said this doesn't feel like a one-goal game with mm-hmm. one team. Like there to me anyway. Maybe that's just how I felt sitting here. Maybe people felt different. Like I didn't feel like it was a a, a tense edge-of-your-seat third period. Like oh, Oilers were close. So like it just felt like. You know, the Oilers were really struggling to get anything going.
2: They were, they, they had two chances, uh, both on the stick of Connor McDavid, So he felt actually pretty confident that maybe they're gonna get that tying goal. But outside of that, Minnesota, they just played their game. They got pucks in deep, they stayed down low in the offensive zone, puck come up the boards defensive, throw it back down, and they were getting the better of the chances. And normally, when one team has a lead against the Oilers, they're hanging on. Uh, this wasn't the case. The Minnesota Wild were the better team in the third period. They're the ones that were creating the most chances, getting a number of second and third looks in front of the net. Uh, they looked confident. And that's one thing that you don't normally see uh, against an Oilers team when the teams got the lead is the confidence that minnesota had most teams are like hoping or kept watching the clock and and just waiting to see if they can can somehow hang on to that lead the minnesota wild just kept pressing so a credit to them but they have the confidence against Others. it's what's that eight out of nine now yep that the minnesota wild have won and they they know how to win games they're well coached uh they've got the skill level they play a heavy game that they know frustrates the oilers And other than the power play at the end of the game, we're in complete control.
1: All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. we have Frank on the line. Hey Frank, go ahead.
4: Hey guys, uh, I've been listening to your comments and I've gotta agree, I think uh, what we're looking at here, I know it's regular season, but uh, Minnesota is providing, maybe for all the other coaches in the league, a blueprint on how to beat the Oilers structure. And you stick to that structure, Uh, I guess a lot of guys might call it the trap or whatever, but uh, because the Oilers refuse to do what uh, is necessary to beat structure, uh, structure can beat the Oilers. And I think you mentioned that the St. Louis Blues were the other team that that can do that. And it might not matter, you know, at this point in the season, but I, I think moving into the playoffs, Unless we change our ways, uh, that structure is is going to be a big, big headache. And the, the second point is, and I think it was made by Rob, by Rob earlier, boy, uh, we mess up a lot of two and three on ones. Where we don't uh, even ha- force the goalie to make uh, a tough save uh, or finish, and uh, those two things are, are going to cost us in the long run. I don't know what you guys think. Well,
2: I rarely do. You see Connor McDavid on a two-on-one or a three-on-one, and there's not success. Uh, he and Leon uh, they make a living off it, especially in three-on-one or three-on-three overtimes. So uh, this was to me just a couple bad breaks for the Oilers. Because uh, when Connor has it and Leon are on a 2-on-1, 3-on-1, success is usually there. When it comes, there was no trap by the Minnesota Wild. They did not play a trap. When we say structure, it meant being on the right side defensively, getting pucks in deep. When you're in deep, forechecking, keeping pucks down with a big cycle. They don't sit back. That's the biggest thing about this Minnesota Wild. They don't sit back and just say, come at us. They went at the Edmonton Oilers, and they do it very well. When it comes to structure and playing that way and having a blueprint, certain teams are just made for it. The Minnesota Wild have the players that are capable of doing that. They put together the Eriksson Eck line uh, and they play a very big, heavy, smart, safe type of game when they're out against Connor McDavid. There's some teams that just, they can't play that way. They don't, they're not built that way. You think of the New York Rangers. They'll trade chances with you. Uh, there's other teams around the league. The Tampa Bay Lightning know how to play structured hockey. The Colorado Avalanche know how to play structured hockey. But the Edmonton Oilers, that's what they're, they're, these 82 games are for, is to prepare themselves to be able to win any kind of hockey. They are getting better, but the Minnesota Wild for some reason give them that, that headache and uh, I'm not worried about the Oilers figuring it out, I do believe they will. But there are teams that just play structured hockey better than the Oilers, and the Minnesota Wild is one of those teams.
1: Yeah, well, and as we often talk about getting getting the lead. I mean, yes. the Oilers won on uh, Friday. Because? You know, okay, the Minnesota, of course, didn't play as well. Uh, you know, road trip, all that kind of stuff. The Oilers' final game of a homestand, feeling good after beating Arizona. Mm-hmm. Oilers also got up 2 nothing. Now, yes, Minnesota tied it, but You're chasing. Edmonton was our, always in control of that game. Now, I know this game was not high-scoring, but... Uh, uh, you know, I think that the fact Minnesota got that second goal, the two up, go up 2-1 changed the, the tone of things as well. But uh, yeah, I mean, over, I mean Minnesota outplayed them. Do I think this means the Oilers will never win a game against a team that checks hard? No. But, we, you know, we see, I mean, the way Minnesota played tonight would give any teams problems. Yeah,
2: well, it would. Just it's the, the the way that the St. Louis Blues played in Edmonton. It would have given many. But again, St. Louis scored first in that game. Where if the Oilers score first, now you get to play your game because the Minnesota Wild or the St. Louis Blues or whichever team plays that Style now got asked has to get out of their comfort zone and start trading chances. And that's where the Edmonton Oilers pick you apart.
1: That is our quick change for Jiffy Loop, keeping you moving to and from the game. Visit your local Jiffy Loop today. Quick news and weather update. Then we will get to Kurt at 780-496-0063. Room for you as well if you want to give us a buzz tonight. Oilers lose 2-1 in Minnesota. The record drops to 16-13 and on the year. This is heartland Ford overtime open line.
0: Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630 Chair. All right, Boldy from
1: Kaprizov and Zuccarello at 12.36 of the first period on the power play. Oilers came right back. Hyman's 10th from Barry and McDavid at 14.01 in the second period. Goudreau from Boldy at 9.39. That was all the scoring today shots 30 21 for minnesota the three stars picked in the building boldy Brodeen, and spurgeon uh skinner fourth star pretty e- easy <laughs> yes all right
2: and the fifth and the sixth and the seventh
1: skinner is the fourth star for jandel homes alberta's premier modular home retail Oilers lose two one to the wild all right we'll go to the certainty hotline we have kurt standing by kurt thanks for calling go ahead
5: yeah thanks for uh, taking my call I want to ask a a tough question, I think, and uh, I just want to preface it by saying that, look, I love the coach and I love the team. When the coach says uh, whenever the team loses that they're going to, you know, learn lessons and move on, then they played Minnesota quite a few times. And I'd like to know what lessons you think they've learned from this, given that the result in this game? is
1: it like Well, okay, F- first of all, Kurt, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to tell you a secret here. Okay? And I, I, I want you to keep this between you and me. You I'm glad you said you, it because I was about pro- to. Do you promise? Do you promise you'll keep this between you and me?
5: Uh, absolutely not. We're live on air.
1: <laughs> I've been interviewing coaches ranging from uh, high school, college, university, junior hockey, minor pro, variety of different sports, almost all of them, if not all of them, at some point after loss have said, we have to learn lessons from this loss. So l- okay, well, learning a lesson does not mean you come back and never make a mistake again or always beat the team. I mean, go back and read Dean Evason's quotes. I bet you at some point he said stuff about learning lessons.
2: Well, the coach is telling you what he wants to tell you. It's not, he's not always telling you the truth. He's not always telling you what's exactly going through his head. He's telling you what he wants to tell you. And controlling the narrative that's his job now having said that wh- what
1: what did you see in this game tonight that you think the Oilers can learn and correct
5: well I'm concerned that we're constantly being outshot there are some games when we actually don't get outshot yeah. but there are some games when we're grossly outshot I agree with you
2: yep 100% it, the Oilers it
5: occurred again tonight and I'd like to see I'd like your opinion on why that's happening and what we can do
2: well, one of the things, some of the teams, the Oilers player have better players throughout their lineup. I think the Oilers right now, with injury, they have injuries to some key players. Well, that, key that hurts. primarily. Okay. Yeah, well, they, the but... Top this, end guys. Yeah, but, I mean, up until, I mean, Yamamoto just came back. McLeod is still out of the lineup, top three guy. So they've had some key guys out of the lineup. The Edmonton Oilers are a team that don't need as many shots to win because they've got the two best... Uh, players in the National Hockey League uh, the Oilers are strong front two, or first two lines and have been strong with Skinner and Ned the Oilers have deficiencies in their game the Oilers are not a great defensive team and that's not just when I'm talking about the defense I'm talking about their t- the defense as a guys team defending, the Oilers yes. I mean for example Connor McDavid's the best player in the world but the game-winning goal today that was on Connor uh, Connor was the one that got left his man, and Goudreau had a wide open backdoor, empty net. So that was on Connor McDavid. That's his guy. So the Oilers are not a great defensive team as of yet. So some nights they can't outscore their mistakes tonight was one of those the the Minnesota Wild are a very good defensive team but they're not usually as good a scoring team as the Oilers so when the Oilers get the lead like they did on Friday and the Minnesota Wild have to get into a track meet the Oilers are going to win that game so there are the Oilers are not a perfect team yet there's there's changes that will be made before the end of the season but the Edmonton Oilers to me and I've said this at the beginning of the year and I'll say it again tonight the Oilers will make the playoffs they have a good club Uh, And then with a little bit, with some bounces and some health, can make a run in the playoffs. But they're not perfect. And there's things that they've got to correct. One of the things, learn from your mistakes. Defensively, the Oilers have to learn and become a better defensive team. Because they saw in the playoffs when you play really good teams like Colorado, they will take advantage of your mistakes more so than other teams.
1: I, I, I will say this, and this is a good point about the shots. And and there's sometimes there's a difference between shots and scoring chances. Yes. Um, the Oilers. Now, I, I first of all, I agree with Kurt. I think overall, it's it's been an issue. Yep. Um, did I think it was an issue Friday? Well, not really, because the Oilers were up 4-2 by the time Minnesota got most of their shots. Mm-hmm. And it was 44-38. It's not like it was 44 Well, and even tonight, what, the shot, what was the difference tonight? Well, today wasn't great. It was 30-21, and it was 16-6 in the second period. That wasn't That good. was the pivotal period. That wasn't very good. Period. So I have a f- – this, this is – because to me, this is a – there's a lot of different things to this. Um, I also think the Oilers have been outshot, and I'm just checking the differential now. The Oilers, per game, have been outshot uh, b- b- about two shots per game. Which isn't bad. On average. Nope. Um, but I think some of this goes back to the point that you and I have talked about this for ages. And it hasn't been as bad lately, but they haven't started games well. No. And that's the, to me, that's a weird thing. Because when Woodcroft took over last year, Th- they became a busier first-period mm-hmm. team. And I think there are some teams that come out with the mentality where it's like, okay, first ten minutes, everything's on net. Yep. Everything's... In, in their crease, down low. i
2: played, e- every, every, I played for there. coaches that have said that. Ken Hitchcock was famous for that. Yeah. First 10 minutes, you eat one pass and you pucks on net. I don't care where you are. Right, so I, I
1: think that mentality is a problem, and I'm gonna I'm gonna probably refer to this for years now, even though it's an athlete from a different sport. When Warren Moon talked about starting games, he said, let the other team they're know they're in for a long night. Mm-hmm. Physi- physicality is part of that but in hockey it could just be like we get the puck we're firing it's going to be on your goalie or it's going to be behind your net and we're going to pound you or we're going to stuff it into the crease so i that the others don't have that mentality now part of the reason though the others don't get have the mentality on the other side of the specter is is they they get outshot shot sometimes again i i think every there are a lot of different categories here mm-hmm the the high end guys so the t- so the top four or five guys of Kane's healthy but specifically McDavid and Drysdale they often don't want to shoot unless they think it's a kill shot yes they don't want to shoot okay i'll throw it at the goalie's pads but he's probably going to catch it and there'll be a face off what
2: is it they were talking the other day some teams shoot they have a what's the mentality they used a word it's but it's like they're just throwing everything at the net it's just we're going with abundance and it's not looking for the grade a scoring chance we'll shoot from everywhere where the oilers aren't that way their best players are not putting the puck on net Unless they do believe it's going to go in the net, right? So if they don't feel like it's they're going to just oh we're going to back out and make a play, and they're capable of doing that. Um, so I it, shot totals aren't as much a problem as Grade A scoring chances, and when the others are getting uh, out Grade eight, that's A, that's the problem. That's where the others get themselves into trouble. And there have been some games this year where the others were badly outplayed that way. Yes
1: shots were 30-21 tonight. That's the same as the game from a couple of weeks ago for many.
2: And both turned out quite well for the Minnesota Yeah, but,
1: but in recent memory, if to Kurt's point, the 50 shots the Capitals like that was grotesque.
2: It was, and th- and great a score like they got good shots. Yes, like great chances. Like
1: and we talked about that. That would have been I called it a 3-2 blowout. Yes, that would have been a theft if the Oilers would have even got a point out of that. And game. that's
2: another one where Stuart Skinner yes gave an opportunity. The I, again I the Oilers are a good hockey club but they are not a good defensive hockey club they give up a lot of chances they turn the puck over at, at, at certain times they make poor decisions all teams do uh but the oilers uh some nights uh defensively defensive lapses cost them i'm just looking
1: back i mean obviously they, they outshot arizona by a lot they outshot the blackhawks 41 25 when they beat the panthers in overtime they outshot them 40-28, and that was a one-goal game or tied most of the night. Well,
2: the New York Islanders, they lost too but the game, but they had 50 shots or 49 shots on the Islanders. They badly outplayed the Islanders, and that game lost 3 nothing.
1: Yeah. So interesting point by Kurt. I, I think it is... It it is a concern, Mm -hmm. but I think it's perhaps the shots or the results of some other issue sometimes. All right, 7804960063. Whenever the Oilers score five or more in a game, we turn on the Japanese Village Goal Light on 630Ched.com. That would allow you to print up a coupon for a free appetizer at Japanese Village. This is Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line.
0: Oilers hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio,
1: 630 Chat. All right, final score, 2-1 Minnesota Wild over the Edmonton Oilers tonight. And we just had a caller named Kurt asking about shots on goal. Uh, I'll, I'll recommend a website to check out. Probably many of you are hockey fans. You've probably looked at it at some point. Maybe some of you look at it a lot um natural stat trick keeps a lot of sort of the advanced stats if you like looking at Corsi or Fenwick or high danger chances rob and i call them grade a chances or great chances mm-hmm. or oh wow what a chance um according to natural stat trick oh you know, they, they they have i mean like anybody could sit and watch a game and say <laughs> what well, have their own definition of a grade a but this site does does it they call them high danger chances so for the game They had the high danger chances at 14-10 for the Wild. Five on five, they had at 11-4 for the Wild. Makes sense. Now, that doesn't have to be a shot on goal. And it well, yeah. If if it's a breakaway and he misses the the net, the guy misses the net by an inch. That's
2: a high danger chance. And and it should be yes, rated that way. Just like if someone. Whiffs on a, a shot in the slot. If you if a guy gives the puck away to a guy in the slot, and the guy in the slot has a wide open chance and misses the net, that was still a mistake and it should, still should be counted as a Grade A scoring chance and a Grade A scoring chance mistake by the Edmonton Oilers player. So I like that. Yeah, so and anyway. that makes sense. Five and five, Minnesota Wild were the better team, but the Oilers oh, on the sure. p- the Oilers on the power play is where they create a lot of dangerous chances, and every time they're out there on the power play, you feel they're going to score.
1: Yeah. Yeah, just one for five tonight, though, on the power play for the Oilers. The Wild were one for three. It is Tyler, who's a winner of Set the Line for River Cree Resort and Casino Excitement Bet on it. It was combined points for Yadmark, Nugent Hopkins, and Yamamoto at three and a half. They got none, so uh, he gets the $50 River Cree Resort and Casino gift card. Around the NHL tonight, now, the Oilers play Nashville tomorrow nashville lost 1-0 in overtime to the st louis blues brayden shen got the winner his seventh of the season 223 into overtime
2: and i went through the game sheets i know that bob talked about a number of nashville players being hurt i counted three minor league defensemen playing right now out of the six nashville predators including one kevin gravel or gravel i can't remember how it was pronounced Gravel, gravel who used to play for the oilers but three guys that have playing in the minors exclusively, right now playing for Nashville on the back end because of the injuries they have. Uh, Their superstar goalie uh, Saros played tonight, so you gotta wonder if he's gonna play back-to-back or if he gets the night off and the Eventonors may face the backup goaltender of the Nashville Predators, who I gotta be honest, I cannot tell you who that is.
1: We're checking the scoreboard for Advantage Trailer Rentals, your one-stop source, I almost did it again, they got that sauce, Uh, your one-stop source. for commercial trailer rentals visit advantagetrailerrentals.com we got a couple screens here so we also had the uh game between calgary and montreal on and their overtime was during the oiler's second intermission so we got to watch quite a bit of that now montreal won 2-1 in a shootout but they had a four minute power play in overtime because of a high sticking penalty. Kevin and by the way, is the Nashville backup. Uh, he's got a 934 save percentage, but he's oh, only, played, only played seven games. And, and Montreal didn't score, and you didn't think that they were coming that close to score no, doing was a, the right
2: things to score it was a four on three power play and it was terrible absolutely terrible and I actually predicted that the Calgary Flames had a better chance of scoring and actually did, did. Backlund, Backlund had a, I think Allen of the Canadians turned the puck over and Backlund had a wide open net and he double clutched it or he could have actually scored shorthanded. Uh, the Calgary Flames eventually fell in a shootout in that game notable uh, Cole Caulfield yeah. young star in the future for the Montreal Canadiens he left I'm guessing concussed it was a huge hit by Trevor Lewis and Chris Tanev defense for the Montreal or excuse me for the Calgary Flames he left the game after taking a wicked slap shot to the ear I hope both of those players are better soon and we see them back in the lineups for uh, the respective s- teams
1: Yeah, I saw Tanev is uh, able to fly with the Flames that's good yeah, uh, scary moment. Yeah, so that's uh, that's good. Yeah, it's it, that was that was a scary one. There there wasn't blood on the ice, but he was just down and absolutely not moving for probably a couple minutes, and then very slowly got up and wobbled to the dressing well, room. So you, hopefully he's okay.
2: You and I watched it live, and we were quiet in our control room. Here is. A little nervous seeing a a gentleman down on the ice after taking a vicious shot to the head. So fortunately, he is up and at him and on an airplane, and the Calgary Flames can see him shortly back in their lineup.
1: Senators beat the Ducks 3-0. Camp Talbot got the shutout. Rangers over the Devils 4-3 in overtime. Devils are now 21-5-2 on the season as they take the overtime loss. Penguins beat the Stars 2-1. Malkin got the winner with uh, 35 seconds left in the third period. And Monday Night Football, Patriots won 27-13. That was over the Arizona Cardinals. I also, uh, on behalf of 630 Jet Sanis Anonymous, thanks to everybody who threw the Bears at the Oil Kings game on Saturday night. 13,111
2: Bears, fifth I, most ever. I want that job. I want to be the Bear counter. There's one dude in the back. There's probably several, Rob. And then and then somebody walks in, hey, do you want three coffees or four coffees? And then he has to start all over again because he got mixed up what number he was at. Hey, I know that you and I, we didn't notice the, the tip by Hyman in overtime. We didn't realize how close it was. They yeah. just showed a replay of it. The only person that actually did know Leon Leon said was the one that shot it down to Hyman and it got tipped. Leon actually half jumped in the air with his hands up because he actually saw it and thought it was going in the net uh, we weren't smart enough <laughs> to notice it but the Edmonton Oilers did come within an eyelash of tying it up late in the hockey game
1: all right Oilers fall 2-1 to the Minnesota Wild uh, we got time to fit you in if you want to give us a buzz 780-496-0063 this is Heartland Ford Overtime Open
0: Live Oilers Hockey is brought to you by Friesen Brothers. This is the Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Here's Reed Wilkins on Oilers Radio, 630
1: Chad. All right, 2-1 decision. Minnesota Wild beat the Edmonton Oilers tonight. So the Oilers now 16-13 and 13 on the season. Uh, they have won six of their last nine. Trying, They were trying to get seven of their last nine. Couldn't do it tonight. Uh, World Junior Team, Rob Reed Schaefer, Oilers prospect on the team. A young man uh, you used to coach. Which academy was it? Dylan the, Gunther?
2: I was at NAX with Dylan. He's a fantastic young hockey player. I'm glad he's getting the opportunity. He missed his opportunity in the summertime uh good on the arizona coyotes sending him back i got to play in the world juniors when my nhl team sent me back it's a thrill he's gonna love it the the team canada they're gonna be much stronger because of the three players that got sent back from the nhl teams uh i'm looking forward to it looking forward to boxing day when it all starts
1: yeah gonna be a fun tournament to, to watch for sure and uh Colton Dock, another local kid, uh, Zach Ostapchik,
2: another uh, local kid. I, uh, you know him too? Yeah, he's from – I had him at the St. Albert Sports Academy, and I had him at NEX as well. Oh, nice. So I've yeah. known him since – I think I've had him since grade so four. So you put a lot of players on the path to success. Yeah, I – i would say it outnumbers the ones that i put into the other path but it probably <laughs> doesn't but thanks uh, <laughs> coach
1: brown we're gonna take up soccer
2: <laughs> <laughs> no, we're gonna get ready right, we're getting into chess well my son got into theater so i took him right out of sport <laughs> um but no I, I do know some of these kids and i I was very fortunate and got to play in the World Juniors, and it is an absolute thrill putting on your Team Canada jersey, the excitement. I did it in Russia. These guys get to do it in Canada, have the hometown fans cheering for them. Uh, I'm on, I, I watch every Canada game during the World Juniors. I look forward to what our family does. My son's coming home from his theater college. He and I will put on our Team Canada jerseys with my wife and daughter, and we will be watching the games cheering Canada on.
1: Do you think Gunther, uh I'll put you on the spot here just for fun. Do you think he can be a
2: 30-goal scorer in the NHL? Is his shot that good or more? His shot is that good. Yeah. But to score 30 goals in the NHL, you need a passer that good too. I don't know if Arizona has that yet. Um, He will become a scoring threat on their power play. Mm -hmm. He can score from distance. He had an NHL shot when he was in U15, Bantam Hockey. he's He's got great talent um he's gonna get great opportunities in arizona they're not it's not a team that has got a lot of depth or players ahead of him on the depth chart so he will play there i yeah he has a chance if they get someone that can a skilled player to play there and who knows they might get a pretty good player here in the draft this year with the way they are in the in the standings uh yeah he's gonna be he's gonna be a quality nhl hockey player
1: all right Oilers fall 2-1 to the Minnesota Wild. Get more on the game on 630 chedcom or globalnews.ca. Oilers hockey presented by Friesen Brothers. Right back at it tomorrow. 4.30 face-off show game at 6. Oilers visit the Nashville Predators, who lost in overtime tonight, 1-0 to the St. Louis Blues. Big thanks to Kellen Kennedy, our studio producer this evening. On behalf of Rob Brown, I'm Reed Wilkins. Thanks for listening to Heartland Ford Overtime Open Line. Good night.